with Ryan Smith, the official podcast for the Queensland Reds. G'day guys, welcome back to the second ever episode of Socks Up with me, Ryan Smith. We're proud to team up with Triple M to produce this podcast, which will take you behind the scenes for the hottest news, hottest guests and hottest takes, including finding out who really does need to pull their socks up. Every episode, I'll be joined by a special guest. This week, we're lucky enough to have Seth Fugasi. And as always, my mate, Pete Fairburn from Upstairs. How are you, Pete? Smithy, I'm really well, mate. Uh, Great to be back here. It feels like a long time ago we recorded the first episode. Of course, we're doing an episode before every Queensland Reds home game. So it's been three weeks, but how's the feedback been? I mean, Wilson was a pretty phenomenal first guest and people love what you're doing. Yeah, mate, it's been pretty cool um, being able to see my head up on the Spotify and um, being able to get some good responses from family, friends and and the like. Um, It's been really fun and and really cool and I've enjoyed it so far. Mate, since we last spoke, obviously three Super Rugby matches and one win, one tight loss and and one that probably got away from us in round one up there in Townsville. How's the feeling amongst the squad as we head into round four against the Fiji and Drua? We're a really tight squad um, this year, which has been awesome to bond with everyone and um, obviously some mixed results that first game against the Canes obviously a tough one but um, a really good wake-up call into how we need to play and you know how well those um, other teams are preparing and yeah went out there for that second game and had a really good turnaround and then into the weekend just gone against the Brumbies a a really tight fought game and probably had a few opportunities that didn't quite go our way and we couldn't quite finish off but Really pleased with the, with the performance and pretty gutsy gutsy efforts from some of the boys. But yeah, looking forward to the Drua game this weekend. And I know they'll definitely be pumped up after knocking off the Crusaders in um, Nandy there. So oh, I'm looking forward to it. Mate, let's talk about that because I think Super Rugby so far this year has been so even. I think um, you know almost every team's had a win, and it looks like it's going to be a, a really tight battle, you know, for the top four. But but just in general, competition wide. Yeah, for sure. I think there's been um, some good teams that have come back off of... Everyone likes to have a nice, good uh, off-season, so um, some teams have changed up, had lots of changes in staff and and coaches through all the different Super Rugby teams, so it's been really cool, and it's always good to be competitive and going into weekends when you're not sure who's going to win, and that's the best thing for the sport is, for the guys watching at home, it's the best thing to have is uh, good, tight competitions and games that could go either way. Cast your mind back to round one up in Townsville. As we say, not the result we wanted, but how about the noise in the stadium? And yeah, I think we, we saw a pretty clear indication that the people of Townsville are all in on this Queensland Reds team. It was a great atmosphere. There was genuine passion and uh, a lot of brand new Canterbury jerseys in the crowd as well. Um, and, and with that in mind, how pumped are you? It's a bit weird that we're going into round four for your first game uh, down at, at Suncorp. Yeah, it's, a, it's obviously a different sort of feel. Obviously, um, it's awesome to get to Townsville. It's a great stadium there. Uh, it feels really nice and close and intimate with the fans. And even just walking around the sort of city centre in Townsville, there was um, fans everywhere giving us a, a shout and um, wishing us luck. So it's good to have that sort of support from a different kind of city up there. And yeah, excited excited to get up there a bit later on in the year as well. But first game in Suncorp, that's sort of our traditional homeland and uh, always good to get fans there. It's um pretty cool stadium to view footy at so yeah excited uh, excited nonetheless I saw a picture on the socials a couple of your mates in Canberra with some pretty uh, pretty cool looking custom t-shirts with your mug on the front are we expecting to see a few Ryan Smith fans uh, down at Suncorp on Sunday Arvo as well oh mate I got some idiot friends that love to turn up and put my head on shirts and my name on the back of shirts and um, yeah they're, it's great to have those supporters around and um, yeah they came to the Townsville game and um, yeah same went on the weekend 
Uh, I think one of my mates is coming to Melbourne again. So, yeah, it's awesome to have my friends come around and support. And, um, yeah, good to catch up with them in different cities and looking looking to have a pretty good support. I think some of my um, cousins and stuff are coming on Sunday, which will be a cool game, nice afternoon game, and super kids around as well. So they're bringing all their kids along, which will be, which will be nice. Yeah, very exciting. Well, mate, we should probably you know, welcome in our special guest for, for episode two. Maybe tell us a little bit about this guy, why you were so keen to get him on the podcast and, and what he's like as a teammate. Yeah, so we're lucky enough to have um, Seth Fagase on this week. Um, yeah, he's a, an old head, an old bull in the team. And um, I actually only met him last year, but we've um, become pretty tight in that little while. And uh, he's always someone to lean on and, and gives great ideas around the field and, and are definitely a great team man and a teammate as well off the field. He's just played his 50th game just for Queensland, let alone um, Super Rugby in general. So uh, he's a great man to have on the pod and excited to, to welcome him. Yeah, as you said, played his 50th match for Queensland up in, in Townsville in round one and a uh, pretty special presentation, got the cap up there. Seth actually made a Super Rugby debut for the Reds back in 2015. He's also played Super Rugby at the Melbourne Rebels and the Highlanders over in New Zealand. He's played for Panasonic and Yokohama in Japan and also for the New England Free Jacks in the US in Major League Rugby. Um, and he returned to the Reds in 2022 for his second stint at the club. Welcome, Seth. Thanks for having me, guys. Seth, thanks for coming on, mate. Uh, just talk us through a little bit of your how you got into rugby and sort of that junior years, junior pathways. Um, you know, born in New Zealand, but then I think you came straight over to Aussie pretty young and um, talk us through your sort of early years of rugby. Basically, I was born in New Zealand um, and moved over to Brizzy at the age of two. My old man, being raised in New Zealand, big rugby fan. And so, yeah, my my journey at rugby started quite young. I think I was five. Grew up playing for Logan Saints. My second junior club, um, I moved out to Bow Desert to play. And so I grew up playing in Bow Desert from the age of about 10 to about 17. And then kind of gave up footy from there until, yeah, I seen the Reds play in uh, 2011. So have you always been a prop or were you a sort of young, skillful 10? I know you've got good skills now. Is there any time spent in the back line that's helped that out or always just been a big uh, scrummager up front? I think to everyone's surprise, I've always been a prop. <laughs> um, uh, the skills is sort of a thing that I've worked on throughout my whole career. Um, I've always struggled with my hands. So it's uh, something that I've always tried to work on um, at every chance i got. Mate, growing up in Bow Desert, what was the rugby scene like there, I mean, it's a it's a pretty small place, and I dare say um, a lot of a lot of kids out there played both rugby union and rugby league as well. Yeah, there was a a lot of lads that would play rugby league on a Friday night and then come and make up our numbers on Saturdays. But as it, there was only probably four teams at the club. It's a little shed. Um, I tried to get out there last week. They had their first uh, game in a couple of years. They haven't been able to field the numbers, but um, every chance I get, I get out there and trying to show my support to my local junior club. In terms of you know being somewhere a little bit off the beaten track, not a traditional pathway, how did you go from being a 17-year-old playing at Bow Desert to coming into the mix to, to play professional rugby with the Reds? Did you come through the academy or were you earmarked through, through club rugby and hospital cup? Yeah, so I, I kind of stopped playing footy after I left high school and I think it wasn't until I seen the Reds play in 2011, that successful year that they had. Um, it kind of lit, a sort of a sparked a fire for me. Um, and so I went and joined um, my local club again. And I had an older mate who's now my mentor, who's been my mentor my whole career. He saw an opportunity for me to join uh, West Bulldogs here up in um, Tawong. 
in 2012 and I was through that I was invited to join the academy at the end of 2012. Uh, a lot of guys probably focus on just specifically rugby coming up and growing up. Were there any other sports, you know, maybe not just rugby league, but any other sports that you were into that sort of uh, any sprinting by any chance? <laughs> Yeah, I like I like to tell everyone that I was a, a state runner when I was in year four. I was just making up numbers there, but um, yeah, I was um, to everyone else's surprises. I was a uh, cheerleader in high school, so we didn't have a we didn't have a rugby team at Shella Park State High, but we had a pretty successful cheerleading program. Was that uh, an opportunity to meet girls or work on your line-out lifting? What um, sort of sparked you to get into cheerleading? Yeah, it was the closest thing to lifting in the line-out. So, and, I mean, trying to have success with the opposite sex on that front. Oh, geez. And uh, that's actually a good segue. You've um, also just uh, been lucky enough to have the birth of your, of your baby boy recently. So um, all that cheerleading certainly maybe paid off there and got you the upper hand to, to get some good chat onto Tiff there. So um, congrats on that, mate. That's awesome. How's, how's that transition been? Um, obviously, professional rugby player and now also dad on the resume. So how's that treating you? Yeah, it's been pretty awesome so far. It's a different challenge in itself. I think I've said it a few times where you could have a result like you did on the weekend, but then that doesn't matter when you get home. You've got to park it up at the front door. At the end of the day, I don't think Coda really cares. <laughs> like, I've got to come in and change his nappy and give him his bottle. But that in itself, it's been, I mean, it's been one of the biggest blessings of my life. I still get to do what I love and then come home and be a dad. Not many people might know the sort of structure of a week of a professional rugby player. Uh, having Coda around now, does that change anything for your week or... Uh, just sort of means a little bit less sleep in the schedule. Yeah, I, I've got an awesome partner in Tiffany who helps me with my scheduling. She knows if I've got an early day or, or a big day, she'll let me sleep. And then on the days that where we start a bit later, I can um, I take over the duties of waking up at night and and changing nappies and feedings. There's not many dads at the club. Um, I think yourself, Luke Jones, Hunter and Nella, would that be it? Yeah, that's it. Do you have like a little kind of dad's club where you get around each other and share the pain and, and think that, you know, the other 35 blokes probably don't understand what you're going through? Yeah, we do. I, I'm always asking uh, T. Mitch, our media guy, for some pointers as well. And yesterday I was lucky enough to sit next to Thorny. And so he, he gave me a few pointers again. Mate, take me back to 2015 when you made that, that Queensland Reds debut. Talk us through a little bit your first spell at the club, how long you were there. You obviously played a lot of footy for the Reds over a few years there and, and, and how you adjusted to that step up to, to playing professional rugby? Yeah, it was a different time. I was in the academy beforehand two years until I until I was all finally able to make my debut. I don't really remember much, but I just remember the very first preseason and it stuck with me. It's like it was the hardest thing I've ever done. I still remember the first time where I was actually called to sit on the bench. It was in 2014. I was on a work site, so I was in the academy and then I train in the mornings and go to work and so I was a brickies labourer. I still remember the call real clear. Nick Stiles gave me a call and I went and told my boss that I quit that day and I've never looked back. Thankfully, footy's... Yeah, I reckon uh, um, being a brickies labourer would have to be one of the toughest jobs going around too. So it's a pretty good step from um, Bricky's Labourer to into Super Rugby. Yeah, look, I mean, it, it gave me my work ethic, I guess, and um, being able to take a lot of crap from uh, coaches and stuff. But yeah, definitely, um, I'm not cut out for it. Mate.
Mate, obviously 50, 50 games for Super. Uh, also a couple of games over in the US with the Free Jacks and also in um, Japan. Talk us through what that sort of experience was like and, and how it sort of differs from over here in Australia. Yeah, um, both totally different um, experiences in itself. Uh, I think the Japanese experience gave me added work ethic again to my game. It's like being over there, seeing how the Japanese players, they just, they're the biggest workers in the room. And then playing over in the Free Jacks in, over in the US, it just gave me a big appreciation for guys here. They come in, they know what they're doing. Uh, whereas you, you're kind of a, a player over there and you also have to try and teach. And I'm not quite at that level yet where I can sit down and try and coach other guys. Um, I'm still trying to learn myself. Who are some of the players you know, that you got to play with both in Japan and over in the States? Some of the, the different guys from, from, I guess, different countries you hadn't played with before? I got to play with uh, Beric Barnes in Panasonic and that was unbelievable. Like just his rugby brain and his, his knowledge of the game is just second to none. And then over at the Free Jacks, I got to play with a few South Africans, which was awesome. Um, seeing the way they go about their rugby, guys from the UK, a guy named Dougie Fife, played for Scotland. He was awesome to. Um, I lived with them actually, and he was he was he was awesome to to share different conversations about footy, about about life, I guess. Seth, um, obviously over at, at New England, and then back to Australia. Yeah, the MLR it's improving, but it's not at the same standard as mm. Super Rugby yet. Yep. When you came back. Did you think that your Super Rugby journey was going to continue and did you think that was going to happen at the Reds? To be honest, I wasn't too sure where my footy lay. I came back from Japan in 2020 during the pandemic and I kind of had nothing going. And so I moved to Dunedin um, to be with my partner's family because she couldn't come back to Australia. And so I joined my local club there and then was fortunate enough to get picked up into the Otago squad there. And so it was my Otago coach that got me over to the Free Jacks in 2021. And then I was stuck there for a 10-month stint again. And so I had signed a deal in Japan for the end of 2021, but then I wasn't allowed into the country just because of a visa problem. So, and because you're dodgy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so I actually made it to Japan and then got kicked out of the country so um, I was surprised I was let back into there to play Panasonic like at the end of 2021 uh, I wasn't too sure where footy was heading for me Um, and so playing the 50 games and playing Super Rugby again was a goal out of reach sort of thing and I think just through connections and perseverance I was able to come back to the Reds and say yeah I'm here now and you talk about connections How's that connection for you now with the squad, with the players, the coaching staff, and how does it compare to your experience when you were first coming through at the Reds? Yeah, it's awesome. I think you always hear hear the stories of the old rugby culture where if you're a new guy, you didn't say much, you just sat at the back and you just head down. The culture that the Reds have built over the last couple of years is you could be the newest guy come into the squad and you've got a voice. Um, we've got guys like Louis Wershon, who's like, he's got such a big personality and for me as an older guy and seeing that in in someone young I, I love that that's just been through the work that um, Thorny and all the other coaches have um, built the culture that they've built where your opinion matters and your voice matters in this uh, the Queensland Reds team it's pretty cool to see that you know going to different places 
soaking up all the different um, experiences and now you've kind of come back to the Reds and uh, you're able to pass off a, a few key bits of gold to, to some of our young guys that are coming through, like of Nogsy, Dane Zander, those guys sort of in the front row. Mm. You say you might not be at that level, but um, I personally definitely think you are just purely from the way you hold yourself around training and the standards you hold yourself to. That's just a, a good example to our young guys. And I think you do a great job of that. How have you enjoyed coming back and kind of being one of those old heads in, in the crew? I've really loved the the challenge of being the old guy and still trying to compete with guys like Nogsy, Dane Zander, even the young guys like Tonga, George Blake and um, Francis. It keeps me young. My challenge is how can I keep improving so that guys around me are improving. Um, I'm more of a sort of action sort of guy, uh, leader, instead of through talking. Um, and I guess my experiences from around the world, I've tried to take all the good bits and trying to pass it on to these young blokes. Yeah, I think uh, you and I usually, and Will so, probably the first couple in every morning just doing those extra little bits of review and clip. And um, Is there any sort of uh, you know advice around that? You know, preview, review that you can pass on to the guys coming through? Yeah, biggest thing is investing in your game and watching your game. And there's no shame in watching how other guys do things, like the best guys in the world, nitpicking, taking things from from their game and trying to add that to your game. Yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, something I sort of picked up personally from working on a job site was, you know, every day you work with a, a different tradesman as an apprentice and uh, each guy, same job, but has a different way of going mm. about things. So being able to pick up little bits and pieces and uh, in the trade specific one, guys had different little tools or, you know, some guy used to carry a steak knife around on his belt with him and used to be so confused why I did. And then one day... Um, you know, brought it out for a specific job and it worked really well. So being able to do that in a rugby sense, being able to pick up the little things, the little tools that guys do and um, just talk about it, kind of progressing everyone at the same rate and getting everyone better. It's it's awesome sort of uh, collaboration through um, sport, everyone trying to better each other. And um, as we always talk about steel, sharpening steel. And mm. I think we've started to bring that a little bit more at training is bringing that hard edge and leaving some of that bickering and stuff on the field, but going hard at each other on the field and, um, you know, keeping each other accountable. It's been really enjoyable for yeah, myself. Yeah, hundred percent. Like at the end of the day, like you're going to have what you're good at and then you, you can just add to that by what other guys are doing. Each week on Socks Up, we are going to do just that and uh, call out someone who needs to pull their socks up. Uh, this week, we have the one and only Matthew the Pig Fezler. Uh, he's been complaining all week that everyone's calling him Faz, so if you see him, make sure you call him Faz. Getting on our flight, coming back from Canberra, everyone's just settled into their seats, feeling comfortable, getting ready. It's been a, been a sort of long morning at the airport, ready to take off, and the pig stands up and starts stressing, which is nothing out of the usual. He's the biggest <laughs> stresser in the team. Pretty rattled, uh, saying he's lost his AirPods. So he has to make the poor old um, flight attendant lady stop the plane from going. Bloody sit there on the on the tarmac for another 40 minutes as this poor lady has to run the whole way back to security uh, to go and get the pig's AirPods that he left behind. So, pig, pull your socks up. 
Smithy, a few guys making their Queensland and Super Rugby debuts uh, in the first three rounds. Talk me through who's achieved it and, and, and how they've gone. Yeah, so a few guys got through. Tom Liner, Taj Anand, Penny Ravi and Jake Upfield. So, yeah, those guys have been a, a really key part of our squad and um, a few of the guys have been there for, for a good couple of years working hard to get that debut. And then um, obviously some other guys like Penny's come in recently and Jake Upfield's come in recently as well. So... Uh, it's been awesome to see those guys get on the field and play some games. And um, yeah, Turbo's obviously been going real well starting and been leading the boys around, started those first three games. He's been going really well and going from strength to strength. And um, he's a great guy to have around and slowly finding his voice and being able to direct the guys around, which would be super tough, especially as a young kid coming in. So he's doing a great job there. And yeah, awesome to get um, also Seth and, and Jock both get their 50 caps in the last couple of weeks as well. So that's uh, a great achievement, even just to get one cap, like, you know, Taj and, and those guys just starting and to have 50 of them is an awesome achievement. So cool to see those guys, um, mm. you know, really sticking at it and Jock's come back through a, f- a few injuries and um, obviously got some Wallabies time last year. So that was awesome to see him come back into the fold and been playing really well. And then, yeah, as we've been speaking with Seth, he sort of had a, a, a bit of a windy road to get to 50. So um, awesome to see him get that achievement as well. Seth, I feel like it was the back end of pre-season and there weren't many on the injury list and someone walked under a ladder right before the season started and we, we had a few injured boys. Uh, but they've come back, you know, most of them over the last few weeks. James, Jock, um, Liam Wright and, and Connor Vest now as well. In terms of injuries, the squad's getting back to pretty close to, to fully fit. That must be you know, something that gives you a lot of confidence. Yeah, it's exciting heading into the, the middle part of the season. Uh, we've got guys like Angus Blythe coming back, uh, Wilson Blythe, Vesti back on the weekend, which is awesome. Um, just adding that depth again to the squad because if we want to play finals footy, we've obviously got to go deep and have a deep squad. Uh, obviously, as we've spoken about, uh, a few injuries in the front row. Had some guys stepping up. Some guys starting, DZ's getting some starts, Nogsy's getting some starts, he's been going well too. Talk us through how that sort of works with you guys and uh, having to step into that starting role and then you guys, you know, supporting and have the finishers coming on doing a good job there too. Yeah, it's been awesome. Having those injuries isn't what you want in footy, but it's given uh, an opportunity to guys like Diz, Dan Zander and, and Nogsy and I think they've done themselves really proud in the in the last three weeks. You've got Nogsy who's in conversations for Wallabies like it, it's awesome to see you got Penny giving him his ideas and all of his experience to a 21 year old and he's just like I said before taking the best bits of his game and adding it to his game so yeah it's, it, it makes me pretty proud to see those guys really stepping up eh? and as you say you know the depth is really important we've got guys as you were talking about before Francis and, and Georgie Blake pushing really hard at training and um, those scrum sessions especially on the week uh, week just gone by was um, pretty ferocious and a bit of chat getting thrown across the scrum at each other. But um, as we say, that sort of makes us stronger. Yeah, 100%. I think we're pretty lucky that the coaches are there because I think there'd be a few more scraps. <laughs> yeah. But that's what you want in the front row, right? You don't really want um, a choir boy, I guess. Or a cheerleader. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm the exception. <laughs> Mate, surely not, not Penny. I mean, the guy's got a permanent smile on his face from the moment he steps foot at Ballymore to the moment he leaves. He, surely he can't be getting uh, scrappy and in, in contact at training. Oh, you know, it's... it's I don't want to find out. Yeah. <laughs> He's a man mountain. Yeah. It's always the quiet ones you've got to watch yeah. out for. Killers. <laughs> Kills you with the smile. <laughs> 2023, Seth, club at the end of the year. You've sort of changed into a new role. Uh, do you want to talk us through that, leaving UQ and um, taking up new endeavours? 
I've uh, gone and joined my local Sunnybank. For me, I feel like I've gotten enough out of rugby and club rugby and it was time for me to try and give back more. And I see Sunnybank as a, as a key area for to try and grow the game. I grew up playing on the south side and I'm passionate about bringing kids from the south side through and playing rugby. So that was my biggest point in, in moving across the Sunnybank. I wanted to try and help out. Never know there might be one other kid as well that comes through and he's he becomes an absolute superstar for the Reds. Yeah, that's it. I think we've got um, yourself, Richie Asiata, Fee from a couple of years ago, um, all sort of from that 4114 area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> cool to be able to be representing and um, yeah, you guys are being great role models for those young guys coming through and young guys and girls as well coming through and yeah, and really promoting the game of rugby well. So uh, I take my hat off to you guys. Mate, we've talked a fair bit about where you've come from. What about where you're going to go? I mean, you, know, you are, as we said, one of four dads in the squad, one of the older, more experienced guys. How does the body feel in terms of the future and, and how long you think you can keep playing and what aspirations do you still have to achieve in the game? In terms of my body, I, f- I feel awesome. I still feel fresh. Touch wood, no major injuries. But in terms of my aspirations, I've I've been telling the boys I was due to start my chippy apprenticeship at the end of last year because I thought I was going to give up footy. But... Um, the Reds came and saved me and prolonged that <laughs> that decision. But yeah, I still see myself on the tools. Um, I, I don't think I can see myself working in a office. I've just spent the best part of twelve years outdoors, so something to do with outdoors and hopefully on a on a job site somewhere. What do you think you could take from your footy career that you could actually, you know, whether it's attitude, whether it's skills that you could actually apply to that future career and, and might actually help you uh, with your progression there? I think work ethic's a big one and just attitude. Taking new challenges on, I guess, would be probably a big thing for me. It'd be nice to see um, someone else just talking about being a chippy. Dane Zander loves to bring it up all the time, but I think he got halfway through his first block of tape, so <laughs> hopefully you can get a bit further than him. Yeah, let's fingers crossed. You never know, me and Diz could start up a company oh, somewhere that'd be good down to the line. Watch. That would be good to watch. <laughs> I'd have you guys work on my place anytime. <laughs> yeah. We're looking for a sponsor for the podcast, so you, yeah. could, you could give us a call. Be Seth and Dizco. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Not much work getting done there, I don't reckon. Nah. As always, it's great to check in with our Super W program. And, of course, that means checking in with Brianna Cheatham, a.k.a. Cheetah. Cheetah, what's happening? We're uh, nearly at the end of pre-season. You must be fizzing to get uh, cracking in the competition proper. Bloody oath. Um, getting tired of conditioning, so it'd be good to uh, get out there and play some games. Yeah, you guys, um, obviously you've got that first game coming up against the Rebels in a few weeks. How are you guys looking for that? Are you excited for a bit of a travel down to Melbourne? Yeah, we're super pumped to um, kick off in Melbourne. Um, it's always a good game to play against the Rebels, and they definitely test us in previous years. So, yeah, travelling down the day of to play them, so that'll be interesting. But, yeah, we're just super excited to show everyone what we can do. How's the uh, How has the conditioning been going? What have they got you guys doing? Oh, just a lot of sprints, um, <laughs> up, downs, burpees, you name it. Like it's uh, It's been full on, but our stats have come back really good and um, we've been told that we're one of the fittest in the comp at the moment. We're sitting pretty well and we've worked really hard, so hopefully it pays off. 100%. Hey, Cheetah, it's Seth here. Uh, you guys played your trial recently against the Downs. How'd you guys go and who were the standouts? Um, yeah, it was a great game to get out there. It was a bit of a combined team we played against. And um, I think we put about 
80 points on them. Jesus. Oh. Um, so it, it fanned out a bit at the end, but we had some great plays out of our backs. They were the shine of the uh, the trial game for sure, um, which is great. That's what you want. You want mm. the backs to be running through and scoring tries and the forwards to, you know, do the hard stuff in the middle and then rewards at the end. So um, it was nice to get out and actually attack. Um compared to our Narrabri game where we didn't really have that many opportunities. Don't so, give the backs you know, too much credit. Me. Yeah, I know. I it's know. all you guys what setting it up front. So I scored a try, so Ooh, I mean, kick, that's, that's it. Kick and go, you know. It's <laughs> nice. the good stuff. From about 20 but out, no. yeah. 25 out, I heard. Yeah. Um, it was five out. <laughs> 50, uh, wow. It was, a, it was a tap and go penalty. I just, you know, saw green and just went, you know. Honestly, back your skills. It, yeah, well, I and was playing... Yeah, I was captain of that half, so I was like, my decision. I'll That's do what it. I want. Yeah, <laughs> back yourself, 100%. Yeah. But no, it was good to uh, get out and fine-tune all our stuff. You know, we've got another trial game, so that'll be another good one to get out before round one. Cheetah, just finally, can you give us a bit of a scoop or some inside mail on perhaps one of the, the fresher faces or someone we haven't seen a lot of in that Queensland Reds jersey who is firming for a round one uh, selection? We've got a few new girls coming through. Um, we've got Denny Ross, who um, has come over from the ADF, played some army rugby and um, has squeezed her way into the squad. And she's playing second row and she's doing really well. And I think she'll be a standout this season for us, bringing that fitness that she's incorporated through army and then coming through and just hopefully being a massive weapon on the field for us. That's a gun shout out. She at least owes you a couple bucks there. That's brilliant. I mean, you'd think that was pre-recorded. Like I had that in my head. That but, was you know, nice. That, that was, was just, nice. you know, what I thought of it. Sweet as. Awesome. Thanks for that, Cheetah. Great to catch up and um, we'll catch you next time. Good luck. Awesome. Thank you very much for having me. Every week we're going to ask our special guest 10 quick questions and we just want short, sharp answers without thinking too much. Here we go. Number one, what would you be doing if you didn't play rugby for a living? Probably still a Bricky's Labra. <laughs> Number two, next Reds player to make their Wallabies debut? I'd have to say Josh Fluke. Best player you've played with? I'd have to say Greg Holmes for me, for my position specific. And the best player you've played against? I'd have to say probably the GOAT, uh, Richie McCaw. Oh, huge. Who's got the best and the worst fashion sense at the Reds? Okay, the best one is Kalani, and I'd probably have to say the worst is probably Diz. Oh, he'll hate that. Best and worst hair at the club? I'd have to say Louis Wershon, um, and then when he braids, it's even worse. And the best? It's, it's a close one between you and Fraser. Oh, thank Luscious you. Luscious hair. Thanks. That's nice. Who should never be allowed near the Orcs cable in the gym, and why? So, I think um, everyone's already heard that Connor Vest, there is no words to the music that he plays. And then Kalani, he can't let a full song play. Yeah. Like He has to skip it halfway through, just when it's getting to the good bits. Who are your three dream dinner guests? Michael Jordan. Uh, I'd love to have my mum there. And uh, probably Barack Obama here. Yeah. True. Favourite movie ever? Uh, I've got two. So there's Four Brothers, uh, Mark Wahlberg's one, and Remember the Titans. And finally, your death row meal. Entree, main, dessert, and a drink. For an entree, I'd go the Sizzler cheese toast. For a main, I'd have to go taro and chop suey. Ooh. And a bit of lamb. Dessert? Yeah, no, I'm not really a dessert man, but a drink, I'd have to get Coke Zero. We've asked our Reds Instagram audience for a few questions for Seth. 
Uh, this one comes in from Josh underscore NASA. What does your For You page consist of? <laughs> a lot of motivation at our videos. <laughs> uh, another one here from Rob Kennedy. Who would you rather take on a candlelit dinner, Wilso or Fraser? Oh, that's a hard one. I'd have to go my boy Wilso. One from the rugby column, the biggest menace in the team. Oh, geez, we've got a couple of menaces. Um, I'd have to say Dane Zander again. Like he's getting a big plug in this in this potty, but yeah, Dane Zander easily the biggest menace on the Zindis. team. Zindis. Yeah, what what does he do? We'll have to cut it out if yeah. we say. <laughs> Plead the fifth. <laughs> All right, that just about wraps us up for this week's episode of Socks Up. Just wanted to say a massive thanks to Seth for coming on. Thanks again to Pete as well. We'd love to get you guys down on Sunday, Arvo. We're playing against the Drua. It's a nice afternoon game. Don't call the babysitter. Bring the kids along. They're coming off of a massive win against the Crusaders, so they're going to be super hyped up. Suncorp Stadium, 3pm. Get your tickets at Reds.Rugby. It's going to be a cracking game. Can't wait to see you there. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe. And our next episode will be ahead of the Crusaders game in two weeks. Thanks again, Seth, for coming on, mate. Really appreciate it. No, thank you. Thanks for having me. Go the Reds.